This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Alright, good people, we are back. I delayed this episode of Temple Hoops. Sorry we didn't get you a new one on Monday, but it is mm-hmm. a special occasion. The Lakers are playing in the NBA Finals for the first time in 10 years, so I wanted to hold off and do a little Finals preview episode. First time in 10 years, my team is in the NBA Finals. Uh, we got back the the, the top the top rated guest of Temple of Hoop. <laughs> back uh-huh. the go around. Uh, Things is going on with you, bro. Man, solid, solid, man. Hanging in there. Yeah, so basically the reason I wanted to have you back a third time, A, it's always a great back and forth uh, talking to you. Uh, the, the, the listeners love it <laughs> when you go off. And then basically uh, why I called you why I called you back for a third time is uh, you were one of the few people I saw before the playoffs who were heavy on that Miami could do this hype. Mm-hmm. And just before we go into this series, uh, tell me what you saw from the Miami Heat over the course of the season that made you think that they were a serious threat to get to the finals? Man, I think uh, I start early on in the season. I saw um, saw a great development from Bam overall play. Uh, I saw like Jimmy was missing games, and they were and the Miami was competing, you know, in a lot with against a lot of good teams, and they were getting some quality wins with Jimmy missing games. Uh, Kendrick Nunn was uh, was hooping early on. I didn't think he'd fall off the way he did, but I mean that didn't matter because then they had Doctor uh, Duncan Robinson yep. up next, Tyler Hero just kept progressing and, get, and getting better. And they were hooping and winning games without Jimmy Butler, without Drogic. I think if Drogic and Jimmy Butler is healthy for a lot of these, uh, a lot of the year, I don't think they're a fifth seed. They probably might be a three or two seed. But, you know, Jimmy and Drogic missed a significant amount of time uh, during the course of the year. And they obviously didn't have Dre and Jay Crowder till after the trade deadline. So, you know, uh, despite all that, you know, early on, they showed great, uh, they showed great uh, scheme. Uh, they really showed great scheme. They really showed that they could use a lot of players, and they were able to shoot outside. They were able to score inside with uh, Jimmy and Bam. And uh, Coach Bell had a uh, great defensive schemes. I think the, what impressed me the most, the first game against the Lakers, I think we won, like, what, 90-something to, like, uh, it seven. Not, it was 95 to 80, I think. I, was, yeah. I, I just I watched both games. I forgot if that was the first one. I watched both games today. I forgot. One of them was 95-80. One of them was a little closer. So I, I, you're, you're, I think you're on the right track with that. Yes. So that 95 to 80 game, I mean, that really impressed me because Slow brought out a zone that really just like took the Lakers out of out of rhythm completely. I mean, they were able to bust it thankfully with 80s uh, mid range, and I think with uh, a few guys hit some shots that made them go out the zone. But just him throwing that out there uh, and got that to get uh, LeBron completely flustered. I, I mean, that to me showed like, oh man, they got you know they got some schemes that they could throw at some teams. And I was particularly looking at Milwaukee because I was like, man, if that zone is throwing Braun off, 
that's going to be very, very hard for, you know, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that kind of threw me up for a loop. And that's what co- made me say Coach Bo is going to embarrass some team <laughs> on their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. I said that in December 2019. And I was specifically thinking about the Milwaukee Bucks. I had a feeling they were going to – Miami because the injury is going to be in that 4-5 spot. And I said, man, I think they're going to upset Milwaukee. But obviously Milwaukee was dominating. Nobody was going to believe me if I said they were going to beat Milwaukee at the time. But I just let it out there. like, man, they're going to – I remember. I remember. <laughs> embarrass somebody on the way to the Eastern Conference Final. I said that in December of 2019, and then when they got Jay Crowder, they got Andre Iguodala, I was like, man, they're ready. Because <laughs> to me, that was the move to me that I said, okay, they can compete with Boston. Because mm. that was always my concern was, do they have, you know, the wing talent to, you know, contain and to make uh, J- uh, Jalen and Jason work? Because I knew they would, you know, they'd be able to contain Giannis. I knew that they would have more offense to out to outscore uh, Toronto in the seven-game series. But my concern was would they have the wings to be able to contain Jalen and uh, Jason and then Gordon Hayward to, to keep them bottled up? That was my concern. But when they made that trade for Jay Crowder and they made that trade for Iguodala, I was like, okay. They're ready. They they're ready for a run, and I was like, yeah, this they might. I was like, they might really go all the way for the East. I just I, I still don't understand in a league that's wing dependent for Memphis to just be like. I mean, I can understand you trading older guys, but get some right. more assets. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they really they you really know, you, know, you, don't, you don't get none, nothing. You don't get none at least. I mean, they got they got they got Winslow. That was what they wanted. So like for me, Winslow was also a guy who missed a lot of games. So I was kind of cool on Winslow's playmaking. Uh, he's, he was supposed to be like that wing defender type of guy, but when they traded him and they got more shooting and more reliable defense for the playoffs, I was like, they want to win now because you can't rely on Winslow, you know, to show up in a playoff series. Like, he's a good little prospect to maybe develop into into what Iguodala will be, but Iguodala is already there mentally for the playoff run. You know, Jay Crowder is a 3 and D guy who was looking like Clay Thompson for like two rounds, you know, two and a half rounds. So they made the right gamble. It was a calculated gamble. And they made the right gamble and getting rid of Winslow for Jay and taking it, Dre. And it, and it worked out. It worked out for him. I mean, they were in Pat Riley's mind. He felt like he had a team that could compete now. He saw what we saw or at least what I saw, he felt he could compete now and still have cap space for later. So he's like, you know, I'm going to extend my window, go for it this year and, and hope, open it up for next year and the year after. Yeah, that was a great call to me. And then you extend Iguodala two years. So even, yep. if it does, even if it's not working out, he's highly tradable with somebody yeah. who's like a record run with, with, with his skill set for the playoffs. Right. So he just, they just played that perfectly, in my opinion. So just Pat Riley doing what Pat Riley does. Moving on to the uh, to the to the series at hand. Uh, obviously, Lakers dispatched the the uh, Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. Um, looking at this series, obviously, you know, you have been on the Lakers uh, all season. Um, I don't see, you know, I'm not going to. We'll get to the predictions, official predictions later. Just this matchup for me is very interesting because. I think Spo is the best coach in the NBA. Just good. Yep. I think you give him an even playing field. Everybody, he'll do a little bit more than any other coach, in my yep. opinion. His ability to adjust game to game, I think, is what you said. Just that start out as a film coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think that is the foundation of him being so great. He just, I think, he has just a a, a, a visual mind for what's going on yeah. the floor, and he could just just put stuff in his mouth. Okay, they did that. I'm gonna counter with this. They did that. I'm accounted with that, and I, I think that's 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 going to be great for this matchup. Um, so just what is the key to this matchup for you? I know you, I know you think Lakers are going to win. Just what's the what's what's the main key for you going in? 
Uh, I think the main key for me and for the Lakers, I think, is just just to just for the Lakers to break the zone like they did in game mm-hmm. one. You know, just break that zone early because when you break the zone and they have to go on a man, then Brown's just going to mismatch Hunt, Drogic, Robinson, and Tyler Hero all game. So you basically you want you want to destroy the zone so that you can make those guys work on defense and have to guard people in space. So that's really just the key for Lakers. I mean, if they if the Lakers break the zone then this series should be done very quickly and it should <laughs> take them too it should not take them too long to win this series. If they struggle and can't shoot, it's gonna be a long series. That, 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 that's my foundation as well. Yeah, because then you're gonna you're gonna get into a situation where you're missing shots. Their 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 shooters will make shots at some point in the game as they always do. And you're gonna find yourselves in the close game where you can if Tyler Harrell goes gets high and makes four threes in a row in the in the in the fourth quarter you lose that game you know what I mean so it's like that's why they need to break that zone early because they can't make it a shooting match in the fourth quarter they yeah. don't want to make it that yeah. what my confidence is with the Lakers just I'm just going off what they've been in the playoffs they've done a great job of eliminating secondary players uh yes. I think you know Grant got off a couple games uh but for the most part the secondary guys they don't let the guy who's not on the Sky Report, get 15, 20 points. And I think that's going to show heavy in this series. I mean, the Miami Heat definitely have a, 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 you know, no pun intended, no strength in numbers approach yeah. to how their offense is. I saw, uh, I think, three games in that uh, in that Boston series. I think six guys in double figures. So yeah. they definitely have multiple guys who can, who can put it in the basket. So I think the Lakers, just, um, like you said, the shot making, I think uh, the struggles in the, with zone defense in the playoffs come from teams eliminating the mid-range from the offense. That's not mm-hmm. a problem for the Lakers because AD has been tearing yep. the NBA up from mid-range. Yep. I think he's yep. going to eat in that mid-post area from the in that zone, and I think that will ultimately break the zone. And the second yep. part is, like you said, if the Lakers can make shots and make them have to give less help on uh, AD and LeBron, that'll also uh, open everything. The KCP shooting 44% from three in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Uh, hopefully Danny Green can wake up out of his slumber. Hopefully right. we can get good coups for one or two games. I don't expect it all. Right. He's up and down roller coaster. But I actually like to see, well, yeah, though. I'd like to see more Keith. My that's yeah. gonna be a question I was gonna ask later, uh, about why we haven't seen more Keith. But um yeah, I think though we are we're we're on the same page as far as the keys, as far as being guys making shots, breaking the zone down. Um anything else that you want that you see as a you know potential factor in the tilting the series one way or the other? Um Damn, I mean, I guess there's always the what's LeBron playing for? Because if he <laughs> if he's playing for the Finals MVP and he decide he gonna drop forty on Jimmy Butler, I mean he gonna drop forty on Jimmy Butler. So <laughs> it's gonna come down to you know what's LeBron playing for? If if he if he you know this is what he's been wanting. You know he wants to rack up that goat narrative. He wants to rack up his accolades for the goat claim. If he's playing for that and he's serious about that, I mean, he'll come in and he'll do whatever it takes to destroy any defense they give they go because he's seen every he's seen every defense. He knows what Coach Flo is going to do, so he 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 can he can break it if he wants if he if he wants to really get after and be aggressive and you know not try to lean too much on AD and he just, if he wants to just take control and you know have everybody feed off him. I mean, you can you see it, the Lakers play best when they feed off his aggression. So if he if he I wants agree. to take that command from from the get go and to establish his narrative that he wants that he's the greatest, then that's another factor because like I said if he if he does that I mean this this series will, this is probably a sweep but but we'll see you know we'll see right right yeah I mean I'm, I'm uh I guess I'm not gonna go far as sweep 
I do right. want to give Miami a little bit of respect. I'm like, right. I, I told you, I went back and watched the last couple of games. It's hard yep. to get a gauge from that. You know, there's no Dragic yeah. in one of them. Uh, they're, they're right. two, they didn't trade for the two wings. Exactly. It's just, it's just so, so different. But I just wanted to see how. But the, the, there was a fair amount of zone that that's, uh, he employed. Uh, AD was very effective in, in operating out of the mid-range when they did run yep. it. So that's something we did. Uh, uh, I don't know, I, uh, what I am a little bit worried about, I'm not going to lie to you, is the coaching matchup. Yeah. Um, Vogel has been, I'll say, more than adequate. Uh, I'm not going to say – I mean, he's. I think in the playoffs he's done a good job defensively. Uh, I I do my one complaint has been the, the the lineups he puts out there from time to time. I don't think it's optimizes AD and LeBron at all times like it should. That's my one complaint. But I do think Spo is a is a is a clearly superior coach. That's yeah. that's probably my my biggest concern as far as the whole series goes. Where are you with that? Yes, he is a very superior coach, and I'm not gonna lie. Before today, I was like, "Man, that's such a lopsided matchup." But then some <laughs> some people tweeted something out, and I started thinking back, and I was like, "Wait, that's kind of true." And they said his exposed record exposed record against Vogel is 26 to 24. Okay. So, and I started to think back, and I was like, "You know what? Vogel, for whatever reason, has coached fairly decently." against Spo in terms of making it tough on Spo. And Spo had the superior cast when, you know, man, Miami was there. Um, uh, granted, one of my Pacers fans said that, you know, it was, the, it was their starting five and if Vogel didn't coach well enough, their starting five was better than Miami's starting five and they could have won, but Vogel didn't coach well enough. And I can see that because, I mean, Vogel's not a better coach than Spo, so I can see that he made coaching errors. I mean, you remember the thing where he took out Hibbert and then LeBron hit the walk-off uh, game layup in uh, yeah. game one. So, I mean, it's it's Vogel. He's not better than Spo, so of course he's going to make coaching errors. But the fact that he was coaching well enough with the inferior cast to even, you know, compete with Miami consistently, uh, I think Spo, like, I mean, Vogel is very familiar with Spo. I think that's another thing I forgot coming in is that Vogel is familiar with what Coach Spo likes to do. He's very familiar with the uh, principles Coach Spo likes to, uh, to work with. So I think I forgot that, and, and this time around, Vogel has the better cast. So, you know, there is a coaching disparity, but I think it's reduced by the fact that Vogel is familiar with Spo, and he's been a, he's been across from Spo before. So mm-hmm. I think he's confident in being able to, you know, adjust and be familiar with what with uh, the type of thing Spo is going to do. So I think Spo is going to outcoach him. And he's probably going to, there's going to be moments where Spo is going to definitely make Vogel look inadequate, but I think there will be moments where Spo will do something and Vogel will make the right check and the Lakers will win, will win because he, he made the right check. Yeah, and on top that, that's, that's a good point. On top of all you said, Spo has literally one of the top three coaches, coaches on the floor in NBA history. I think you got to go probably what magic, then LeBron top two. Yeah, exactly. History. So that, that's also, Got a de facto assistant coach on the floor, right? And then Rondo as well, who's a right, who's, right. who's another coach on the floor. So, right, right. So essentially, we've uh, pretty much covered the, the important parts of the matchup. What we want, what we did do, was ask if you guys had any questions. And actually, we got a fair amount of responses. Some of this is funny, but we'll go over it. Um, what's odd is I got four questions here about Kyle Kuzma, and basically asking, <laughs> uh, what do you expect? Uh. What do you expect or think he's going to do for this series for the Lakers? Yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, that guy's a wild card. I mean, man. <laughs> I, 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 people were playing up that whole situation with Hero and that gossip drama situation with the girl and whatnot. And normally I wouldn't care. 
but I just came off the series where I watched this dude take get you know get his mental my whole mentality uprooted uprooted by uh, Michael Porter Jr. I mean he <laughs> well, for whatever reason Kyle yeah, that, that was Kuhn, weird that was weird man it was weird it was weird to see like it was really weird to see like Michael Porter Jr. was in Kyle Kuzma's head like clearly like this was obvious. This was obvious on the floor. For whatever reason, I called it light skin on light skin crime. But for whatever reason, <laughs> Kyle Kuzma was was mentally taken out of the game by Michael Porter Jr. And Michael Porter Jr. smelled blood every time Kuzma was on. He I was like, attacked. dude, how do you defend Kawhi better than you do Michael Porter Jr.? <laughs> it, it really made no sense to me. I, like, it literally made no sense. I did. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I'm like, you're the dude who sat on PG, who sat on Kawhi, who was doing Tatum well, and you're getting cooked by Michael Porter Jr. Like. It was. I was literally. I couldn't believe what I saw. So if Kuz gets that mental weirdness creep up with Hero, I mean, I could definitely see Hero light Hero light him up. I mean, it's just gonna come down to Kuz if he plays discipline, if he sticks to what he does, if he, you know, blocks out all the extras about what his role is supposed to be and all that. Like he'll be fine. Like I told, uh, you know, Kings Watch. Hey, I told. I was, I was telling on the, on the uh, podcast. I was saying, you know. I think what happened with Kuz and Michael Porter Jr. is like when he if he gets cooked by you know if he gets put cooked by Kawhi if he gets cooked by PG if he gets he's cooked expected. by Davis, like he's expected he he's expected to get cooked by those guys but he, I felt like he really felt hurt he was getting cooked by Michael Porter Jr. and I felt like that just really messed up his whole approach because like it was almost times where like Michael Porter did something and you knew Kuz was going to shoot a shot like right next like every the announcers called in and he would shoot a shot like it would just take a dumb like a dumb shot like we all knew it was coming. Because he just got cooked and embarrassed, and we all knew he was going to try and get Michael Porter Jr. back. So, like I said, so like I told Kings Watchman, I was like, I hope he don't do that with Hero. Like, the last thing we need is for him to get into a three-point contest with Tyler Hero. We do not need that. We need Kuz to play discipline and and playing his role. That's all we need. Yeah. I mean, my, and this is my shout-out to Palenka because picking up Markeith, it's absolutely yep. not, it's not necessary for Kuz. It used to be like, okay, we need Kuz. We're going right. to when Keith came along and the way he's shooting and the way he can defend, okay, if Kuz don't want to act right, then Keith, come on, he ain't ready yet. The young pup ain't ready yet. If That's he, what I said in the when they yeah. picked up Keith. I was like, that was Kuzma insurance. So yeah, if Kuzma yeah. wants to start acting weird, then you'll just put Keith in the game and you'll and you'll yeah, have so, that problem solved. So shout out to Palenko on that one, just just having an extra extra card this card a fold, right? And then um, here we go. Next question. Um. Which of the Laker role players are you confident in? Kind of branched out what we just did. Which ones are you confident in, and which ones, which role players on the Heat scare you? I'll say for the Lakers, I have a one surprise one, but I'll give you the the obvious ones. I'm confident. I'm confident in. I'm confident in Caruso. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's gonna make like uh like hell for those guards. KCP will as well. He's been a pest, and he gives. He's a high-motor guy, I mean, and he's shooting 44% from three. KCP, I'm very confident. I'm also going to be confident. I'm also confident in Markeith. He's been shooting well. Uh, he's going to be a nice stretch big who's going to be able to be a bit a body inside, be able to switch, and also be able to help beat the zone. A guy who I'm confident in weirdly, even though he's been complete trash, I'm, I don't know. I feel confident in Danny Green showing up. I, I don't know what oh. it is. I don't know what it is. I, I tweeted this out. I was like, man, I feel like Danny Green is about to go crazy. He's about to, like, get hot this series. I have no idea why I feel that. But just the fact that they're playing so much zone and he will get so much open looks, I just feel like that's just – that's kind of a recipe for disaster. I know he's been shooting, like, trash, but – Yeah, you got to also remember a lot of those teams were switching. You know, they were closing out. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Rockets switch everything. You know, 
the Blazers had long defenders who were like, you know, they were playing man, even though they probably shouldn't have played man, but <laughs> they were playing man, you know, trying to trying to close out on guys. So, but you know, with Danny Green, if he starts to play zone, he starts to make shots. You also notice when Denver went into those zones, Danny Green started would hit timely threes. If he didn't, timely, like, he hit threes. His threes were timely. I'll say that they were timely threes. Whenever Denver was set up in the zone and he got a clean look, they would go in. So that's why I feel weird. He's like, if Miami's gonna go into a zone, you're risking Danny Green getting good looks, and you're risking him feeling confident and getting open looks and making them. So I think Danny Green will have a series where he shoots forty percent from three. Yeah, I just that's, yeah, that's what I feel. As far as Danny, uh, like I said, I, I remember the finals last year. Nurse just got tired of the roller coaster. He wasn't <laughs> playing. <laughs> he wasn't even playing late in games. He just was like, all right, Fred, Fred, and my yeah. backcourt going to be Fred and, and Kyle Lowry. And Kyle Lowry, yeah. ride with this roller coaster. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Danny Green. Like I said, the way KCP's playing, the way Caruso is uh, is defending, I'm fine with whoever they decide to put out there. Um, my answer is always the same for this. I, I do not uh, want to see JaVale McGee at all, <laughs> if possible. My answer is not going to change. Want- I don't want to see him. Either. He's <laughs> played good. He's played good against Miami this year, but I think that's fool's gun as usual. I, I just think that's fool's gun. I think so. When you get spoiled as much time, okay, they're gonna they're gonna put Javale out there. We're gonna do this. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna muck up the court and make it tough for tough tough for eighty and line of operating space. They want to keep this guy out there. I also think that Miami, um, they're not gonna get bullied on the glass like other teams even if they play big with JaVale, so I, I don't see any point for him to play a lot in this series. Right. I do think I, – I, I'd rather see, like I said, if the Lakers are going to play the center, it's got to be Dwight. Dwight. It okay, it's be. Dwight's just a better player. He's not going to do – he's going to stay within himself. For the, he lost his head a little bit with Jokic for a couple games, but he came back down to earth and just – when he plays his role, he's a very effective center still. Very, and he makes guys work hard. He's going to make Bam's life a living hell. He wears, he wears your big game. down. He wears he's your gonna wear, He's going to wear your big down, and Bam's going to be exhausted in those fourth quarters like like basically like joke is what I mean from game two he's had four 12 points in that fourth quarter from games three through five he was like zero zero and two I mean Dwight was just wearing him down and it was getting to Jokic it got to Jokic said uh one of the to answer the question one of the heat players I fear um man it's it was a heat role player what, what heat, heat role player heat role player is gonna have to be it's gonna to have to be Iguodala and Dre, and Jay Crowder. Trey Crowder. I, I I feel confident that the Lakers will contain Drogic. The Lakers will contain Robinson. The Lakers will contain Hero because the Lakers have contained the best guards in the NBA at this point. I mean, they've seen Dame, they've seen CJ, they've seen Russ, they've seen Harden. They just saw uh, Jamal Murray who was on the roll, and you know they've had schemes to slow them down either with between KCP and Caruso or using Brown on Jamal Murray, you know, the final ace card when all else failed, just put Brown on it. You know what I mean? So it's like they you know, like they have any counter for those guards. The issue is with the guys that they will have they will have to like, you know, kinda play off of because it's like, you know, you want to take your chances with certain guys. Those are the guys that's going to be scared because the guys I know they're going to take their chances with is Jay Crowder and with Andre Iguodala. And Jay Crowder, can't, as you saw, had streaks where he was just making everything in sight. Like, it's just – like, literally every shot just went in. I couldn't even believe what I was watching. It was on, like, like, it was on like eight attempts a game. He was 40% <laughs> yeah, on eight was, attempts a game. It was, like, it was a high volume. It was crazy. I was he like, he man, crashed down to earth those last two games, though. Yeah. I was like, he had to, though. I mean, he yeah. was making – Everything. I was like, Jesus Christ, when are you going to miss? And then Andre Iguodala, I mean, he just makes timely plays. He'll make 
like he made four threes last game. I mean, he makes big passes. He makes big shots. Those are the guys the Lakers are going to take their chance with. And if Dre's a championship player, he'll make championship plays, and Jay Crowder can get hot whenever. So those are guys are that are concerned because if those guys get it going, um, the the Heat the Heat basically play well when those guys play well. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I, I have a slightly different answer. One of my one of mine is the same. Uh, it's Iguodala just because of his, yeah. his experience with going LeBron head to head. Obviously, LeBron's going to score a lot anyway because he's LeBron. But just right. the fact we've seen Iguodala make him work so hard for at times yeah. for baskets, um, I think that's going to play a factor. Spoh's definitely going to tap into that. And my un, my 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 other fear is not. It's, honestly, it's, it's Dragic, man. Just, mm, I see. I can see He's not that. afraid of the moment. Uh, I mm-hmm. think how Caruso to think Caruso's probably going to be the matchup on him when he's in. Yeah. Um, that's gonna and KCP will probably do a lot of do guard him a lot as well. Just his ability to create. I think the Lakers, what the Lakers do more than any, I've said this a few times, what the Lakers do more better than any other team is they make you have to score outside of your sets. Like you don't beat the Lakers right. running your stuff off script. Yeah, off script. And I think yeah, he's their Dragic is one of the, is one of their better off script players along with Jimmy, of course. Um, so that scares me if he's able to wiggle and get hot a couple games. Hero can come in and do it. I don't know if Hero's going to do it consistently as a rookie in the finals. That would be yeah. like basically uncharted territory outside yeah, of that. Johnson. And, and, he's a jump, and he's a jump shooter. It's like yeah. jump shooter, rookie. Like I, That's just not a recipe for a good series for him. Yeah, I, I don't think don't, you know, Just obviously don't, lose, don't, don't ever lose Duncan Robinson. He's money. Right. I think best shooter in the world that doesn't play in the chase center to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you can't lose him. That 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 was that for me. So that was a good question. Um, ah, this is one of you're gonna like this one. What do we think is the Lakers' ideal rotation for this series? Man, this is one I've gone back and forth on. <laughs> With starting the starting lineup, I think if the Lakers are gonna go two bigs, they should just start Dwight. But they, I saw they, should, they should play uh, Markeith uh, very generously. Um, because like beating that zone is going to be imperative, so I think a starting lineup, uh, Dwight, and then you bring your off the bench, you take him out, him and Braun out for um, Rondo and Keith. Mm-hmm. I think that's something you need to go into. About I mean they're obviously going to do Kuzma, so they'll probably do Rondo Kuzma. But when you start the second quarter, you need to put Keith out there, and I think you need to play the Keith at the five. It didn't work against Denver that much because obviously Jokic. Jokic <laughs> I mean, Jokic is a really – Jokic is a real center. He's a 90 center. I mean, he's a back-you-down center. So you're not going to get away playing a dude who who's not really an elite post defender we'll put on, on Jokic. We'll put yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. But Bam is not a back-to-the-basket big. Bam is a face-up big who's 6'9", like Keith is 6'9". So I think they need to make Keith a five this series. And when they go into the second quarter, they need to run lineups with Keith, Caruso, Braun, and, uh, you know, Kuzma, and then either Rondo who, or whatever guard they want to put out there. But they need to have Kuzma, Braun, and Keith on the front court to start the se- their their uh, second quarters and to start their fourth quarters. I think they need to use that because that's going to bust that Miami bench zone very fast if you have Keith and Kuz, you know, spotting up. You want to pack that paint and take the chance with Keith, Keith in the corner, good luck because he's been hidden. So if you want to take that chance and leave him open, that will also leave the lane open for Brown to go to work in. Uh, I think that's how that's how he got 
going in that uh, closeout game against Denver, if I believe it wasn't mistaken, was they had Dwight who was doing the uh, who was in the dunker spot, but they had Keith, which is that's a nice little wrinkle I think Vogel did. They had Keith pick and pop, mm-hmm. so that way and Keith's been shooting well, so the guy who was on Keith really stuck on Keith because he didn't want Keith to catch that open three. That let Brown go down downhill off the high screen roll, and then the guy in Dwight's dunker spot. They know Dwight's a lot there. He didn't want to leave Dwight. They had LeBron taking, you know, uncontested uh, runs to the rim. So they kind of they should kind of have to mimic that type of, of offense, uh, whether, they, you know, do the pick and roll with Keith and then have Hughes, who's kind of athletic, being that dunker shot, he can finish an alley-oop um, or have him sp- uh, spot up in that corner, which will, which will also make that guy hesitate because, you know, Kuz spot up in the corner, that's somebody who's going to stretch the floor. He's, it's going to make that defender make a business decision. Do I want to leave this right. wide open? So you know they they can mimic that with uh you know with um with Keith at the five and uh, not having Dwight in that dunk stop. But they can't play Javale because <laughs> they're just not they're not going to respect Javale. Yeah, that's what I say. He's just not. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, it's just he's just he's just for athletic as athletic as he is, he should be more switchable than what he is. He doesn't have good hands. That's another that's, three, that's another that's problem. True. Because that's if he had if he had good hands, he'd be a good he'd be a better lofter than what he is if he had good hands. Like his bad hands prevent him from being a lofter. Like Dwight has great hands. Like Dwight will catch a lot of a lot of passes that might not be that good and he'll Still gather finish. himself strong and go up. Like if JaVale will will drop the pass. <laughs> you know, the turnover. So yeah, they can't play JaVale. Yeah, and the last one actually is from the homie Nap, Naptown Ball. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he said he wanted us to look at it from Miami's perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. What should be their strategy to to extend and, and possibly win this series from Miami's point of view? Well, what do you what do you got? Man, whether they run zone or they weren't run man, they have to live with Bam putting his body on eighty. They have to live with that, like. They can't let AD get a clean look in the mid range. You're yeah. just asking. To, you're just asking to lose the series. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. How, I don't know what else to tell you. If you if you if you're gonna if you're gonna let AD catch the ball with no body around him at the free throw line every single time because you're playing his own, you, you've lost. You've lost the series. Uh, he's he's been torching the mid range all playoffs. My for me, he it was crazy. He, he literally went from. <laughs> Kings. He literally went from one of the worst mid range shooters right. all season to like sixty percent to the best to the best, to the best, <laughs> best. To, to the best in the playoffs to the best and, it's and literally it was one adjustment. All he did was he stopped fading. He just rose yep. up. More balance. That's all he did. That's all he did. Well, his, he his, turned stroke, into his stroke was always. Everybody said his stroke always looked nice. It was just the always balance. looked nice. Yeah, he was just he was just always fading away and making it harder than it needs to be. He, he literally has just stopped that, and I think this is probably feel handy. He's literally just stopped it. And he's just rising. So that's why I said if you're gonna leave him open, the free throw, you just lost the series. So he has to leave a body on AD. He has to. Yeah, my my thing is they're they're gonna the Miami Heat. The, if I'm the Heat, you try to do what every other team does, which is try to make somebody not named AD or LeBron beat you. Yep. But the thing is that's so tough because when you trap on LeBron constantly, he figures out what you're doing. Yeah. And he gets even if you make other guys beat you, the looks are so good. That he generates for the rest of the offense is tough. Yeah, you saw that in the uh, game five of the Nuggets. I mean, you start seeing Caruso breaking his own off back cuts. Yeah, so I'm saying, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they they know LeBron is going to find them. And then I think on top of that, 
when you're playing with two top five players like that, the, your, your confidence is up because you know, yeah. okay, if I'm not, we're still going to have a chance to win if those guys are, are playing. There's no pressure on you. Right. There's no pressure on you. So I, I think, I really think it's an uphill climb for Miami, but my thing is you got to make the guys who are on the court. I think you, for Miami, I think when Caruso's in, you make him have to score. Yeah. Uh, you have to hope for some uh, negative regression from Rondo, who's been out of his mind. <laughs> right. You have to hope that, that that ends to have to give yourself a chance because I think those two things, Rondo becoming playoff Rondo and AD becoming the best mid-range shooter, that lifted the Lakers from uh, the best team to unbeatable in the series, right? Yeah, I mean. Team. But those two variables that were just – that were going to be in the opposition's favor becoming strengths for the Lakers, that puts right. them almost like, okay, we can't beat this team territory. That's why, yeah, that's why you saw those series. Those series, if it was five. the old Lakers – Instead of it being six and seven, it went to five because, like, the weaknesses you thought were weaknesses are strengths. Like, right. you leave Rondo open, he's going to pick you apart. He, there was a third quarter in game four against the Nuggets. He's, they Lakers scored five straight times with Rondo. Five straight times. Like, that's something you did not game plan for. <laughs> like, I, I'm guaranteeing you, teams are going to the playoffs. So I was like, okay, we're going to yeah. Rondo. We have to kill those minutes. We're going to make AD take tough mid-range jump shots. Yeah. Now you got to throw it all out because – Right. It goes back to the same routine, make LeBron a jump shooter and hope he misses. <laughs> that's, that's literally the that's game why plan. It, 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 why I'm confident is because in game, I, I love that LeBron went supernova in, in that closeout game against the Nuggets. Because yep. I think that he finally saw just, uh, instead of making jump shots radically, he saw a gang of jump shots go in. Yep. Okay, I found my jumper now. If you want to give this to me, go ahead. So that was, as a Laker fan, that was great to see because you know, He's going to be confident in stepping into those things. Hopefully, you never know with him. Hopefully, he's confident in stepping in. I think what a lot of people say, which I think is right, when they have two bigs on the floor, it makes AD and Bron less aggressive. Yeah, and I think that is something that Vogel's going to have to pay attention to. And that, and, and that, and that's why they need to go with Dwight because with Javale, it makes them less aggressive, and Javale's not aggressive, but Dwight is aggressive. So even though. AD and Brown are less aggressive. Dwight's very aggressive in getting second chance buckets and causing second chance re, uh, rebounds. So, uh, with with Dwight, you can get away with it. A, he's just better defensively, so your mm-hmm. defense will be really good. And B, he's more aggressive on offense. So, the loss aggression you lose from AD and Brown, Dwight picks that up. Whereas with Javale, you don't have good defense really, and you don't have aggression on offense. So it's just not good. Like it's just not good. It's not a good recipe at all. Which <laughs> yeah, he's just a body. So, but with Dwight, you actually have things working in your favor. So, uh, you can get away. You can do good things with Dwight in limited minutes at the five and keep AD fresh and whatnot. Um, so, I think with Dwight, it it, it can help. Uh, and yeah, and like I think they found something. I think where you have like an AD high pick and roll, and he's popping out, and you have LeBron go down him Dwight at the dunker spot. I think they found something in that last game when they did that with Keith. I think that can be very good. I don't know if Vogel's going to go back and look at that. But if they have Dwight in and they have AD, if they put Dwight in that dunker spot, have AD come on Brown on the high pick and roll, and Brown just goes downhill and AD, you know, sags out, yeah. it's going to be an AD open look if they don't if they don't go on him. If they do go on him, it's going to be Brown downhill with Dwight Howard there. And with that, Dwight, man, is going to make a business decision. Do I flash up for this lob or do I let LeBron try and, you know, Make a tough finish at the at the rim. So I I think they have something there, and I think they should really look at that. 
Um, but it's, it's gonna it's only gonna work with Dwight at the five. It's not gonna work with Javale. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully they stick with Dwight at the five like the last Denver game. Hopefully that's the that's the that's, that's a definite infinite change. All right, so we went through all that, talked about the series, how they got here. It is official prediction time at the Lakers, and how many? Yeah, I mean, I I, I confidently said I think you said you said Lakers six. I had Lakers six too. I think um, I think uh, the Miami Heat shooting will give them one game, and I think out of pride and Spo being who he is, I think they'll get another one. Um, but I think it'll be one of those sixes where I think the Lakers probably go up. Uh, 2-0 or they go down you know 1-0 and at some point the series will be 2-1 Lakers will win game 4 and I think the Heat will win game 5 like the Heat will win game 5 to be 3-2 and I think the Lakers close out game 6 that's how how I see it hopefully you know Lakers I think 2 out of the 3 series they've been in they had a little game 1 lull I I hope they're done with that (laughs) I I I I think they are they've been playing more They've been playing more uh, from the from the from the get go with, uh, with this Western Conference Finals. Um, they came out good against Denver. Um, Denver adjusted, and they kind of had to take those lumps after Denver adjusted. So I think they'll maintain that. I think they'll come out good against Miami. I think Miami will adjust, and then I think the Lakers will adjust. I think Miami will then adjust back because Bo is the master adjuster. He'll definitely adjust twice, and I think just Bron once he sees. That it's there for it, he'll just he'll just close the series. Yeah, I was just laughing. That great boy going. Just uh, I was somebody said, you know, uh, Spo was what they thought Brad Stevens was, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, he is. I mean, I always told people because people are like, oh, you don't fear Brad Stevens. I was like, no, Brad Stevens is LeBron's son, man. Like Brad Stevens' teams, they will always have a stretch where they cannot score at all. Like it always happens. It, it should always not have been happens. the case. It should not have been the case with them. I'm just real quick on Boston. I have no idea why Marcus Smart has taken 22 shots. You, in the you know what I'm saying? Like, I said that I said that in game one. I was like, you you are not going to win with Marcus Smart jumpers. I said that in game one. People are laughing at me like, oh, he's making him. He's making him. I'm like, you're not going to win with Marcus Smart jumpers. And what happened? You did not win with Marcus Smart jumpers. Like, it's just it's just common sense, man. Like, I'm not hating, bro, but it's like you don't want Marcus Smart taking more shots than Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like, you just don't want that. Like, why? Why is he taking more shots? It was, it was one of those things. If he made a couple early, you feel confident as the as the, the opposing team. Okay, he's gonna, yeah, because he's, he's gonna keep shooting. He's gonna keep shooting. All right, so I got Lakers. We both got Lakers in six. And you know, we gotta do narrative talk. You know, just yeah. for the sake, just 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 for the. <laughs> so um, the big thing today was um, AD huh. and LeBron. AD and LeBron. They both said things. I think they were both got taken out of context. I think right. Like, the whole thing both got taken out of context. Um. So the talk came out about, is this the hardest championship ever? Um, I'm of the mind. I think there's extremists on both sides. I think what Scottie Pippen said was some dry hater stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's, not real, it's not real basketball, just a pickup game. And that was some dry oh, hater man. stuff. Also thought AD was being kind of dramatic on the other end. Like, this is the right. hardest championship ever. So, uh, my, my, my frame of thought here was that there are the there was pros and cons to the just for a basketball player in the bubble. The con, obviously, being just the mental obstacle of just the isolation. Um, I, 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 I take that very seriously. I know a couple of players that complain about that. That part yeah. is tough. Um, that being said, they were in the, literally the safest place in the United States at this <laughs> at this point in time. Um, there's no travel game to game. There's right. no hostile road crowds. At the same time, the Lakers and the Bucks were number one seeds and got no home court advantage. So, like, just a bunch of these things tipping in either favor that had me thinking, like, you know what, this is pretty much – 
it's an equal championship. I will not let anybody downplay this championship. Like, I, I won't allow that to happen. I'll always push back on that. But I also don't think it's the hardest championship ever. So where where are you with that? Yeah, I don't think it's the hardest ever um, because I think that the fact that these guys, all they had to do was focus on basketball, it actually made guys be in a better rhythm. and made I, guys No IG play. models. Yeah, no, yeah. They, a lot of guys are more consistent. Like, guys were more consistent uh, overall. Like, a lot of guys were more consistent overall. It did, like Gian said, when he lost, it did affect some people who feed off the home crowd, who rely on that home crowd advantage to sway their way. If you're a, if you're a type of person where you where you need the crowd noise to get you going, you need the crowd noise to make you score, you were in trouble. <laughs> because, you know, there was, cause it was just execution. Like I was telling one of my boys, it's just execution. You just have to execute your plays because there's no, there's no fake motives. You, you can't say, like, oh, I'm in a hostile crowd. I'm right. <laughs> Up. You can't be like, oh, my crowds are in favor. Let's run them out the building. Let's get him. Like, you can't do nothing of that. It was just you the, and the rest and artificial crowd noise. <laughs> so, you, so if you were one of those, yeah, this was the bubble was not for you. Um, I You would think it would help someone like Paul George, but, I mean, Paul George is so mentally – he's just a mentally – He's just not. He's just not mentally all there in the, any type of situation. So it, it, he cracked anyway. Like bad playoff guys were still bad playoff guys, and good playoff guys were still good playoff guys. So at the end of the day, it kind of all evened out, and we still got basketball. Like it's not fake. It's not more harder. Right. We just got. It was the same type of level of basketball. It's just with different vari- variables. Where like a team where my with Miami who since they're not that good on the road, if they play a road game, they probably go seven or six with the Bucks. Still win that, I think. But they probably have a long series with the Bucks, and then they probably might lose to the Boston in, in, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Or even Toronto. Like Toronto, if they have their home court Jurassic Park, they might be in the Eastern, Eastern Conference uh, Finals and might go all the way because they have a great home court. You get that situation to where now it's like, you don't have that. So a team like Miami, who has a coach like Spo, it's all execution. He's basically just going to out-coach every single coach he sees, and they're going to be in, they're going to basically be in every series they are because they're a great neutral uh, court team because they're just strictly basketball. Yeah, it's the way they play. This is the style, so, the style you play, yeah. Right. So it's, it was really a style thing, and you saw that. And basically, like any year, man, styles make fights. Mm-hmm. Playoff, yeah. hoop, playoff hoop is a matchup oriented thing, so it's just basically it was just playoff basketball. I, I I don't think any of the narratives are necessary. I think it's just manifested differently. Right, right. All right, man. Yeah, y'all have it. We had to get this in again. Follow, hit that follow, subscribe button. Follow it's Kingsbro on Twitter. Uh-huh. Hit him up. He all he will be going all series most definitely. Yes, follow him sir. on Twitter. Uh, hit the follow, subscribe button on the podcast. We are going to be discussing Kingsborough contract with the pod in the future. <laughs> Got some things cooking. But yes, nah, man, hit that follow, subscribe button. Tap in. Appreciate y'all. Let's enjoy these finals. A couple of Lakers bring one, the first one home in 10 years. It's crazy. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, you know, Laker, Laker Nation, 3 6 Mafia. Actually, 3 6 Mafia is no more. It's no more 3 6, baby. It's <laughs> done. I made my last 3 6 joke. <laughs> anyway. Lakers, Brian fans, together as one. You, you got to understand it's going to be crazy when they get this done, man. If they, I'm not, I'm not going to jinx. If they get this done, it's going to be crazy, man. If they get that done, it's going to be the NWL on the, the on <laughs> right, right. line, man. <laughs> All right, y'all. Be, be, be cool. Stay safe. Take care of your loved ones. We out of here, man. Yeah.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.